the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in hot. Welcome to this week's edition of Black and White Radio on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Studio! If you haven't followed this page, please go and follow it. Share the link where you should be live shortly on Facebook, Rumble, and YouTube. Yeah, I had to restart. Yeah, I know. Don't talk about me. But I'm still a little butthurt about YouTube taking my channel away from me. Um, so I had to start all over again. It's funny because I got, I got a message when uh, one of my... When somebody filled in for me saying, hey, they only got four people watching on YouTube. Well, I don't have that many people following me on YouTube. People, wake up. Um, I'm really excited about this week's um, show, though. Tarek Johnson, former lieutenant of the Capitol um, Police, <laughs> will be joining the show. I want to know why he wasn't interviewed by the J6 committee. The same committee, uh, I, I made some posts about um, subpoenas and Hunter Biden. And somebody came on and said, um, yeah, but what about Jim Jordan not responding to the January 6th committee subpoena? First of all, I don't think that was a real committee. When Nancy Pelosi basically disrupted that committee, wouldn't allow Jim Jordan, Jim Banks on the committee. So I don't care about that committee. And uh, I think it's been proven now. They can't find any of the information, the documents, the interviews that they did. It's, they can't find it. They don't know what happened to it. So what does that tell you? I wouldn't have abided by it either. Because it was a sham of a committee. Because they kept that all they wanted to do was go after Donald Trump. Somebody said, uh, well, why do you still support Donald Trump? And I was talking to I was talking to Hoff Daddy today, and I said, you know what? I think it was when they came after Donald Trump with all of these indictments. It hardened my stance on 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 my support for him. And there's no way I'm not not voting for Donald Trump. Uh, he could be sitting in a jail cell, uh, and I'm still going to be voting for Donald John Trump for president of the United States of America in the Republican primary. And in the general election, if if he's not on the ballot, I'm going to write him in. And I know that doesn't count because, you know, there's a process in a lot of states where a lot of people go, oh, let's just write him in. Yeah, it's a waste of vote. In some states, there's a process 
that a candidate or a person has to um, follow in order to be a write-in candidate. A lot of people don't know that. But Tarek Johnson is going to join us show. And at the same time, Cassidy Kelly's going to join us. Oh. So we're going to have a conversation about what happened on January 6th. Uh, give us a call, 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. Um, give us a call. Let us know what you want us to talk to Tarek about. I got a question. I got a lot of hold on. I got a lot of questions that I've written down for Tarek. I was hoping um, the prosecutor would join us today because I wanted him to give a more technical. You know, Dennis has an ability to, you know, pose those technical questions, and uh, I would have loved to have him showing up, but um, he's a bum today. Um, didn't even respond, but that's okay, prosecutor. Uh, I'm done with you. You're fired. <laughs> Joining me live in the studio is the troublemaker. You see, he's causing trouble already. No, I, I just got a question. Um, because you're talking about the Capitol Police uh, and everything, and whoever's uh, you're talking about running. Well, no, uh, not that guy that's running for office. Oh, I, w- I wanted to ask you about the guy. What do you think about the crane guy, the, the crane Capitol Police officer that's now running for office? In the in the in the, in the second hour, we yeah. can discuss that. Oh, okay, all right. Because I want um um I saw um Tarek make a, a, a response about that. About him running and, um, you know, some of the uh, the allegations against him. Oh, that he already? That he lied. Oh, that he lied. Oh, that he lied. Okay. He lied under oath. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that in the second hour. But, Milan, really quickly, you've been seeing all the text messages <laughs> that our good friend Phil from Blue Island continues to send me, right? Ooh. I, I got to take the sunglasses off of this <laughs> because I got to read this. And I got this from the Federalist. You know how I said on this show that Hamas was using the hospital uh-huh. and they were staging from that hospital? Uh-huh. Well, Denise Cohen, Cohen from the Federalist.com actually wrote an article about this on December 22nd, 27, 2023. She said, she talks about how Hamas has, been, uh, has denied over and over that they're not using the hospital, right? Uh-huh. Well, guess what? The director of the Kamal Etwan Hospital in Gaza, Ahmad Khalat, I hope I'm saying his name right, confessed that Hamas has offices and they have set up structure inside of the hospital. Oh, but I thought that wasn't happening. You know, our good friend Phil from Blue Island gets his information from all of these twisted Sites and people that have an agenda. You saw some of the stuff. You, I mean, I'm sure you see. I wish. Why didn't you respond? I, I wish I could play some of the stuff that he sent, but I just no. We can't. Play. I, I, I do. Can't. No. We <laughs> because people don't even know what we're looking at. Yeah. If they could just hear what we see, yeah, they would be up in arms. Yeah, especially his his. Wait, how do you spell white? W H. Oh yeah. Especially all about the white people. Oh man. Um. I, I, I really don't know. I'm, 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 I, I, I get to talk a lot about my stance with Israel and why I'm standing with Israel. Um, Israel's surrounded by his enemies, Vilan. I know. Everybody I, that's around Israel wants to see the destruction of Israel. I get a lot of heat for it, too. Yeah. Because, well, you know, I got I got into a lot of trouble three weeks ago when I just asked the question. What's the question again? <laughs> Come on, let's start it again. You want to start the question let's again? Let's start it again. Oh my God! All I said was 
that the people that I talked to, I didn't say I agree with, but the people that I talked to said, well, what's proportional? Sixteen hundred deaths compared to 21,000. And when is enough enough? And that put me in so much hot water. Right. But you know what? I'm going to keep asking questions. I'm not taking, like, I'm not. I'm not taking a stance anymore. I want to present to you all no, the no, questions. No. Why don't you answer your own question though? Well, no, no, I did. I know. Wait, wait, what did for, you say? For like two months, we and you agreed. I know. Oh, so you agree with we have to go after? Yeah, but now oh, you just wiped no, out everything no, wh- you said. However, I'm not going to use the word but. However, when I start talking to regular everyday people, friends, family, and whoever else, they said, "Well, okay." They just rounded off to numbers. 1,600 died. It's between thirteen and 1,600, but I'm going to take the high number, 1,600. And that's Hamas numbers. Not, that's not no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, of, of, of the oh, Israelis. 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 21,000, now maybe 22,000 Palestinians, innocent mostly, have died. That's the first thing you should question because those are Hamas numbers. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I didn't get the numbers from... Oh, NPR, Hamas. NPR. I didn't get it from NPR. Yeah. I got it from oh. PBS, oh, WTTW. PBS. 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 A far left organization, right? The WTTW, yeah, okay. World yeah. News. So you're going to believe the left now. I, I, I'm just <laughs> taking in all the information. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. You the can, only version of state media that we have in the United States, and that's what he goes to. Yeah. I did say, I called, them state, I called them state TV. Were but, you able to find something to back up what they stated? No. No, those are yeah, two basically Hamas information right. release. But it's, but outside of Hamas and people, I don't look at them. I try to take in all the information to make a well formed decision. Okay. But, but Verlant, the information you're getting is from Hamas because they are the authority in Gaza, right? And so therefore, the only numbers coming out of Gaza are Hamas numbers. No, so they they have they they have their own no. uh, journalists on the ground. Remember, they're I not, reported their that, journalists are not there counting twenty thousand people. They're uh, taking Hamas numbers, and that matches the Hamas information. Correct. Really, so. and, and you don't see an, any other independent agency or news agency or the Red Cross reporting these numbers. No, no you you do get like Channel Seven. Or CBS, you missed a point. You missed ABC, the same thing that they've heard, which is I feel Hamas numbers. <laughs> okay, Phil. I'm just saying. I mean, you can't just discount what you don't pick and choose. I can discount Hamas. I want to take it all in. You don't think Hamas, which using a hospital, saying that they're not using a hospital, and and you don't think Hamas is is, is setting up so they know Israel's coming to attack them, and so they put innocent civilians in 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 a position so that they can get killed? You don't think that's happening? It's been SOP for them for decades. That's their standard operating procedure. Okay. This has been the terrorist our standard operating procedures since terrorism has been I think I'm getting enacted. I think I'm getting tag team. We'll be back. And now more black and right with John Anthony on AM560. The answer. Switch Welcome back to Black and Red Radio on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio, studio with the Troublemaker. Troublemaker. Yes, sir. I, um, I'm going to take these calls first because I want to roll something with you. Okay. I'm sick and tired 
of hearing the left talk about how extreme Republicans are. And I want to talk about, and I want you, the listening audience, to call in about this, about how they're saying that Republicans are, every, every chance they get, they must have did some polling. Extreme must have really polled high, that word. You know, Frank Luntz used to do that. Mm-hmm. Poll words, just words, and see how effective just those words are, and then they just hit each other, hit their opponents with it. But this word extreme must have polled really high. And I want to talk about what the left is doing to our country, what I wish the Republicans would do. Some of them are out there fighting. And we're going to talk about what's really extreme. Because protecting our borders, tell me how that's extreme. I, you know, you, you see, I know the big battle between the, 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 the um, Border Patrol and Texas National Guard. The pro- left, left radio, the progressive radio on my way in, they were like giddy. No. No, what I mean, no, no, no. They, they don't want that fight. No, he the state rights. He lied. He yeah. spent it. I'm so glad that we yeah. you, we we so take months. Hold, hold that thought. Oh, he let's lied. Take, let's take the calls. Okay, okay. Because I'm sick and tired of and and the, and the and the and the those of us on the right, we just sit and take. Um, the left calling us extreme, because we understand what America is and who she is and which where she's been, the mistakes she's made, but also the things that America does right. It's not extreme for. Abbott to be sending people to places where these cities and these states have said, hate has no home here. Everybody's welcome here. You know, he's dealing with 9 million illegals that he's had to deal with. And you want to, you want to, oh, I almost said something. <laughs> Complain about what, 30, 40,000 people? He's inundated with them. All right, let's go. Okay, let's, let's go to Jim. Uh oh, what's Mouse? There it is. Jim, Chicago. Can I know? Can I say something, Go ahead, to Jim? Jim, Jim, Jim. But b- b- before you start talking, I heard you talking on on your on your uh, favorite progressive station. Uh, but what I want what I want you to do the next week when you call him, tell him to stop ragging on Charlie Kirk. He called him a huckster. He ca- he said he's trying to overturn the Civil Rights Act. He is trying to come down and lie and rag on Charlie Kirk. Tell him to stop. And I want to ask you a question. You jumped off the phone with him. Before uh, and then didn't get the question. How do you feel about the NFL making players play in below zero weather? That's football. I know. I don't even think we can watch it. It's like Peacock. Is this something? I didn't even get that channel. So. <laughs> I do. I have it. So yeah, do but you do, have it? yeah, but, I have it. Yeah, because yeah, I talked to a friend today. He said I gotta go to a bar and uh, and watch it. You know, if they have it at the bar. Well, will you do me I that favor? Will you tell that man to stop talking about? Our, one of our leaders. Oh, I don't even know who they are. I, I, anyway, I don't even know who Charlie Kirk is. But what I'm, <laughs> what I'm curious about is, is your candidate's hygiene. I mean, this week they they, they described the smells of Trump that are just otherworldly. And, uh, Adam Kinzinger said he smells from every orifice in his body, including his breath. And, I mean, Trump? What, is he? Yeah, Trump smells like. Uh, now, where did you get that like, report? What did you hear that? Oh, they, uh, it's, uh, I'm getting to hear it, and his, uh, he was at it. Oh, Pelosi just said it. He said he smells just awful. Why do you hate Trump so? Yeah, explain that. Well, I, I, I don't hate him. I just, I'm just wondering if, if somebody could tell him to get take a shower or hey, put Jim, some cologne at it. Jim, Jim, name one. one give, me, give, me, give me one good thing Trump did as president. One good thing he did as president? 
He uh, one good thing that Trump did for president. Yeah. Uh, he got a lot of help from the Russians. That's oh, for sure. He, God, he, the, the Russians Which helped, was disproved. Helped immensely. You know that was disproved, right? What's that? Disproved? Yeah. They got Brexit through in England. Then they get Brexit through in England. The Russians were, were invested in Brexit in England, oh. and they were invested in getting Trump elected in America. Okay. Thank you. Everybody knows it. Okay. All right. Oh, good Lord. Let's go to Robert from Bloomingdale. Robert, what's up, brother? Hey, how you doing, guys? Doing well. How's it going? Hey, Queen Puff, you need to take, get a reality check. He does. Let me ask you this question. How's your 401k plan doing when President Trump has been in office and compared to now? Right. That's my question to you. Exactly. Now, here's my question. Why are the Republicans so extreme or not? What's wrong with protecting the borders? We're letting people in with A, you don't know what kind of diseases they have. They're coming into this country. No check on diseases. They don't know what they're going to bring to this country. Number two, they're all men, no women or children from China um, and India and all those places. And three, we got to watch for the terrorists once again because we're going to have another 9-11 occur. And that's my opinion, but... Unfortunately, there's no help from the fourth. This guy's completely in the dark, and it's disgusting. Yeah, and Robert. Trump is a great president, too. And, Robert, when you look at us with the, the attack on the Houthis, uh, what's over the, you know, the, the Iran-backed group, um, so we're attacking over there, but we're allowing people from Iran and from all these different terrorist um, nations to enter in our country. You don't think they're going to set up something here? Of course they will. Yeah. It's just a matter of time, and maybe not tomorrow, maybe not this this week, maybe um, next, not this year, but it's going to happen, and it's going to be worse than 9-11 was. Yeah. And my fifth grader understands that. My fifth grade daughter understands that. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that our leaders don't hear that they don't understand that. Thanks so much, Robert. Take care. All right, let's go to Craig from Mount Greenwood. What's up, brother? Oh, Darren, man, good hearing you, and uh, you and uh, Verline, you're doing a good job today. Thank you. Hey, How's Darren? it going? <laughs> yeah. You guys are doing real good. Hey, listen, I got a tip for uh, Verlando because I, I think Verlando, like he's um, sincere, but um, for years I've had this uh, opinion of uh, that NPR and that public radio man. I mean, you can get the same when it's dealing with anything Middle East or something, you can get the same information from Al Jazeera. Rat poison. That's all you get from that, uh, uh, that uh, radio station yeah. is rat poison. <laughs> Leftist, fascist stuff is garbage. Anyways, but the thing is, is um, with that Cream Puff Jim talking and everything like that, yeah, he just doesn't like uh, Trump and all that kind of thing like that. But I'll tell you what, that's like, I mean, it's insanity because he doesn't even understand how badly the leftist fascist uh, regime that's in there has destroyed his life yeah. and his finances and everything. I mean, the guy, he, he, he got to feel sorry that guy. He's soft. I agree. I agree. I agree with you, Craig. Thanks so much for giving us a call. Thanks, Craig. Um, hey, you're welcome, man. Keep, keep up the good work. All right. Thank you. Um, Bilan. Yes, sir. America has a lot of enemies. Yes, we do. And they want to see the total destruction of America. I have no time to be, can I say, pee-footing around? You can say that. Uh, I don't want to say it, though. It's, it's not I right. have no time with that right now. We are at war. There are people in America, as long as the idea of America, because you know the hardest thing to ever destroy is an idea. Because an idea can live on throughout centuries. And that's what makes America great. The idea of who she is. 
And that's what they're good. That's what they're trying to fracture who we are as Americans. Fundamentally transforming America was the, was the clarion call to take us out. We just had somebody that ha- actually had black skin to say it. And that made it palatable. That made it acceptable. When will Americans wake up and understand this? When? So, your guess is good as mine. Uh, let's go to Mitchell. Mitchell, what's up, brother? You know, um, hey, guys, how you doing? Great job, as usual. Um, the, the radical Democrats that think that Russia was somehow involved with uh, the 2016 election, well, first of all, you had the Mueller report, then you had the, you know, the Durham report, and then you had the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, who discloses that then that CIA director, John Brennan, had in his handwritten notes that Hillary Clinton was going to vilify Russia because they knew that the internal polling, that 53% of white women were not going to vote for Trump. Yeah. Or not vote for Hillary, I'm sorry. So yeah. this idea, there was, not the, 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 had, there was no proof that Russia had one vote. And yet they still are on this diatribe. It's the most ridiculous notion in the world. And then we're fighting two wars, two fronts. Yeah. You know, if you basically put a flag Quickly, on Mitchell. your car, somehow that's not, like, you can't be patriotic. Right. I mean, at least Trump brought back nationalism. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying here, yeah. and, and, and Mitchell, I see nothing wrong with nationalism. I see nothing wrong with loving America. Nothing. But the left will tell you that's something wrong with you because you love this great country. And, and people want to see the destruction of it. Thanks so much, Mitchell. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio. Hey, Hoff Daddy, when I filled in for Sean Thompson, I played an audio clip of a, um, a migrant who was from Iran. He came over here. I think it was the, was that with you and I? It was me and you. The 28th of December, Hoff Daddy? Yep. Yeah, thank you. If you could put that up on the board, uh, I'd love to play that. Uh, as I was stating before we took all those calls, I am getting to the point. I think it was Sean Thompson's show. I don't see the audio clip that I was looking for. I thought it was the Sean Thompson show. Um, He played an audio clip. Somebody played. I was listening to radio somewhere. And they played an audio clip about how extreme these Republicans are. The extreme MAGA, extreme... Joe Biden released, um, he released an uh, extreme House Republican chaos is marching us toward a government shutdown. That was back in September. And throughout, all you see is extreme Republicans, extreme MAGA. If you put in extreme and Republican, you should see how many other uh, articles pop up about Republicans are the problem, Republicans are the problem. Help me understand this. Follow. Help me rationalize this in my own mind. What's extreme about wanting to protect our borders? Let me go through it first, okay? What's extreme? No, answer it. What's extreme about protecting? Quick answer. What's extreme about protecting our borders? Well, I'm going to tell you how they were just lying a few minutes ago. Well, no, no, no. I said, we'll, go, we'll get to that. Oh. A rapid fire. What's ex- give me a quick answer. What's extreme about America and Republicans wanting to protect the border? Well, in my mind, nothing's extreme as far as wanting to protect our borders, but they believe that we can take in more people than 
than we are. I don't I don't agree with that. But okay, what about protecting our kids? What's what's extreme about not wanting our kids? There was a I think it was Charlie Kirk that posted. There was a a, a stripper stripping for kids at a drag show. Just recently, like literally stripping, Valon. Tell me what's extreme about Republicans and those on the right wanting to protect these innocent-minded kids. I can't get into the mind of the, the Democrat when it comes to stuff like that. You know I don't like that. LGBT Tell me kids. what's extreme about protecting, uh, about abortion up to nine months, up to birth. I mean, that's extreme, right? I think it's extreme, but... They believe that it's their body, it's their choice, it's a woman's right to choose. That's Why do Republicans allow the left to browbeat them about how extreme they are when you look at it, Democrats and the left are the extremists? They are. What, what, what? Why isn't that conversation being had right now? Listen, when you talk to the average person about that issue, the average man that I talk to, they, they shrug their shoulders and they say, well... That's her baby. That's right. their problem. I don't have anything to do with that. I'm a man. I can't make her have it or not make her have it. So the average person kind of agrees with the Democrat. Yeah. The up, to up to nine months. Up to nine months. I think there are people that agree with it. I don't think the average person agrees with it. I'm telling I think you. there are people who, not up to nine months, they agree that a person should be able to have an abortion <clears throat> at a reasonable time okay, of gestation. I was just listening to Prep Winkle, and she bragged about how they won the governorship in Kentucky on that issue. Yeah, uh, uh, they have a Democrat governor in Kentucky, and he ran on the issue. Well, the woman's right to choose, and 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 what's his name ran on the exact opposite, and, and he, lost. And he pushed it, and pushed it, and pushed it, and he lost, and he lost because I, the average person kind of agrees that it's a woman's choice. I I, I, I don't listen. I mean, well. Right. It, the, the, the exceptions. Uh -oh. you, you know, the exceptions. I got, I got the three exceptions. But other than that, I think the baby should be born. Okay. Or but, be responsible. Okay. Open borders. Is that extreme? I think open borders are extreme. Is what's happening in our country open borders at this moment? Basically. Is anybody that's coming here, almost everybody that's coming here, uh, are they being allowed into our country? Yes. Uh, are we doing anything about that? Certain governors are trying, yeah. but being but but they're being stopped. So is it extreme of Governor Abbott to send people to places that have said we are sanctuary for those who come into this country illegally? No, you asked for it. Oh, say that again. You asked for it. Oh yeah, I, but I thought it's extreme. That's what they said. When you, and as I said, he, and when he's dealing with, uh, we don't really know the true number. Of how many people. And then when you look at, now now we can get into it, and we'll go into the next segment with this too. This Texas um, sent their National Guard to protect the border. You know why? Border Patrol was cutting the wires where, and the Eagle Pass and everything. So then that was um, the, um, what was it, the Fifth Court of Appeals? Was that the Fifth Court of Appeals? Uh, it's an article here somewhere. Um, U.S. Wait, where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it at? Well, ah, come on. Yeah, the Fifth Circuit. The Fifth Circuit put a stay on it. Said basically, uh, uh, the Border Patrol agents could not cut the wires anymore. Mm -hmm. So now they want this now to go to the U.S. Supreme Court now, so that to see does Texas have the authority to send the border 
the um the National Guard in there to stop the Border Patrol agents from just allowing people in. And your guy, Eisendrive, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. twisted this. He, How? He twisted it. He said that uh, Abbott is stopping the federal government from coming in and shoring up the border. But they're he not shoring it up. It. It's not true. Oh, at the time. You listen to Black and Right. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right with John Anthony. I'm the troublemaker. And if you want to call in, call in. These last few minutes, we're talking about the border crisis and what's going on and who's extreme. Is it the Democrats or is it the Republicans? I kind of think it's the Democrats. You said before we went to the break that Joe Biden and his administration is arguing that they are shoring up the border. Help me understand how they're shoring up the border. Well, they said, well, their talkers, their radio talkers are saying that they want to come in and shore up the border, but governors like Greg Abbott is stopping him from doing it. Okay, so so listen to this. Uh, within the past three years, the Texas military department has spent $11 million to place 70,000 rolls of Corsentina wire. Did I say that right, Hoff Daddy? Cors- Constantina wire. Constantina wire in different parts of the Texas-Mexico border. Most notably in Eagle Pass, where migrants have been seriously injured trying to get through the wire. Border Patrol agents began cutting through the wire or removing it to apprehend migrants or assist injured people, which triggered a lawsuit by Texas Attorney General Kim Patton that claimed federal agents were illegally destroying state property. So, who are you going to believe? Put more wire out there. What? Push it out there even further. Yeah. Let Greg Abbott do his job. Because yeah. when he was doing that, before he started busing people, he was doing that. Yeah. They stopped him from putting up a, a, a border. Yeah. A, a border a defense. Yeah. You know, so so it's, it's, it's who do you believe? But how is that extreme? It's not. Is, is, how is it extreme that he he wants to protect? He was duly elected the governor of Texas to protect the citizens of Texas, of the great state of Texas, right? Dem- 12,000 people crossed in Eagle Pass. Amy, Amy Jacobson, when I was filled in with her, 12,000 people in one day. In one day. And we don't see this as an issue or as a problem? Well, the Democrats don't because they, they see want, voters. And they want to replace people. Can we say that? Yeah, well, Can I say that? It, well, they want to replace me. Listen, Valon, you know me. Because <clears throat> I don't want those people calling in. John Anthony hates immigrants. No, I don't. I'm on record saying I believe it's going to be the immigrant that saves America. Those who have done it the right way. Because you, you, you've seen those clips where people are saying, yeah, who are you voting for? Illegal immigrants. Oh, yeah. Joe Biden. Uh, he let us come here. Joe Biden. I'm voting for Joe. How are you voting? Bruh. <laughs> bruh. How are you right? That's the first question. My, how, my how do you vote? Would say, my daughter would say, bruh. How do you how? vote? How are you voting? Um, because especially in states like Illinois, where, you, where, you, where an illegal immigrant's driver's license look exactly like. You, do, you don't do you really think the they plan? care? You don't, you don't think this is all part of the plan? If you can, listen, if you can vote in local elections, you're voting. In New York, you can, right? Is it in New York? Yeah, in New York, you can. Yeah, remember, um, uh, what's his name? Nadler didn't even know it. 
Yes, they are. Let's go to Ray from Arlington Heights. Ray, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, John Averline. How's it going? Uh, good. Hey, listen, um, I had an incident during the week, and I, uh, maybe this would uh, shine a little light on what's going on. Um, there's this one girl. She's probably about uh, late 20s, early 30s. And I uh, was talking to her, and, and all of a sudden politics came up, and she matter-of-factly came up and said that I didn't vote for Trump because of the indictments. Right. So the first thing that came out of my mouth was, you can indict a ham sandwich. That's right. All right? So, so uh, she, like, like, shrugged it off, you know. It, it, it meant nothing. So then later on I left, and I, I came back, and I said, do you know what an indictment is? And she looked at me, and I said, you know, an indictment is basically an allegation. It's basically a legal term. It's an uh, allegation of uh, uh, wrongdoing. Right. And I told her, I looked at her, and I said, I can indict you for going through my garbage. <laughs> and, and, and she looked at me kind of like, you know, but the bottom line is this. We have a lot of people that, you know, the old axiom that you tell a lie, it goes around the world twice yep. before uh, the, the truth goes around. That, one last thing. When, when, when I was uh, uh, back during the... Uh, 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 Al Gore Bush uh, election. Uh-huh. I was working as a waiter at a, a country club, and there was this one woman, and it's, it j- just struck me. She said she's going to vote for Al Gore because she likes his ass. <laughs> what? Like, Dude, that's, no, that no, happens. No, 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 no. The, the, the bottom line is we are dealing with idiots. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That, that's true. Uh, that, that fools and idiots that will except so so when you when you hear the word extreme yeah. there are a lot of people that are going to hear that and they're going to take that to heart and they're going to say oh yeah they're extremists yeah. there's nothing more extreme than the democratic party right I now i agree 100% thank you so much ray i really appreciate it i want to play this this clip really quickly where did it go where did it go where did it go i just saw it i just saw it i just saw it oh listen to tom Holman. now with respect to uh, the border issue Uh, It's my view uh, that the administration will continue to proceed and make sure that these discussions uh, are consistent with our values as a nation of immigrants, but also consistent with our values as a nation anchored in the rule of law. If an agreement is reached, do you believe the speaker will put it on the floor? Uh, That remains to be seen because it It says Tom uh, Holman border. Remember the Tom Holman border clip up late when he talked about the gotaways and Oh, that was it's, it's titled T Home and Tom Home and Border, but it's not Tom Home. Um, Valon, we got to save our country. We're gonna save our country. It's gonna it's it's gonna take people waking up, like the girl. You know, I want to vote for um, what's his name because of his butt. Really, but that happens. Yeah. Listen to Black and White. We'll be right back. Let's get it to him, baby girl. Hey. Black and Right continues on AM five sixty. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio. Let's go straight to the phone lines with the troublemaker, Eduardo from Tampa Bay. (laughs) Eduardo. Hey, guys. What's up, brother? What's going on? Yeah, so I'm responding to 1200 South. Uh, Berlin don't know who that is. He got upset because we won the... 
we should be imprisoning employers for letting illegals work here in the U.S. But I need to remind this person, 1200 Saab, that we had the uh, Germany economy that was really doing well. Mm. But because of COVID and immigration, their economy now is in a tank. And Brian Terry, remember Brian Terry? Yeah. They were doing the gun running during Obama. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because this person claims that we're the ones sending guns over to the cartels. But uh, that's a foul because that's incorrect. The ATF and the Obama administration was sending gun run guns over there. So I got two cases there. So too bad. Hey, hey, Eduardo, did you hear yeah. about? So I, I saw a video on TikTok where they had to remove kids from their school. They had to do an e-learning day. Was that New York or Chicago? No, that was Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, Amy Jacobson brought that up uh, during the week. But yeah, that's I saw that on Daily Mail. I see everything on Daily Mail. I don't even need to go to a drudge. Yeah. I do go on drudge, but Daily Mail, they got everything. It's almost like I being know. in front of a government computer. I know. Yeah, I use awesome. Daily Mail a lot for show prep. So, yeah. I mean, but, but think about that. Valon, Hoff Daddy, Eduardo, listeners. They removed your students and the students in Brooklyn, American citizens, for people who came here illegally, removed them. It was only for a day, I believe it was. But think about that. That's crazy. Think about that. They took them out of school, put them on Thanks, Zoom. Eduardo. Put them on Zoom. Again, uh, epic failure uh, at home learning, but they did it again just for illegal aid. Now, was that my boy, Adams, who made that decision? Uh, did he make the decision? I don't know if he ultimately made the decision or not. Well, he runs New York, right? He runs New York, but... Some some of those decisions they leave up to the local bosses. I mean, but think about that. You're not going to tell the mayor of, of a city that you're going to take. I, he knew. I believe he, he knew. I Come believe. on, bro. He knew. But this is what we're this is what we're dealing with. And and Vilan, what I don't understand is people are accepting this. You see it all around you. The look at Chicago. They accept all of the crazy stuff that the mayor does and. All of these local bosses, they 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 just accept it. Like, oh, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Right. I, I'm so excited about the next hour, Milan. Guys, get your popcorn ready. Lieutenant, former Capitol Police Lieutenant Tarek Johnson will be joining us in the next hour. Um, Yeah, he's, he told he sent me a text, a, a text saying, oh, he's supposed to do it at four. Oh, wait a minute. You're an hour behind me. I'm still at work. <laughs> he goes, I'm still at work. I can't I can't um, do it at um, 4 o'clock your time. I got to do it at 5 o'clock your time. I'm like, cool, no problem with that. But I'm telling you, I think this is going to be a good interview um, because um, some of the questions that I'm, that I'm going to pose to him is going to, I mean, it's, it's going to be, you know, stuff that we don't know. Okay. And Vilan, had you heard of him? Prior to me mentioning him, Tarek no, Johnson, I didn't. whistleblower, not being treated like a whistleblower. He, I didn't realize he was on Tucker. Uh, he's been doing a round of interviews. He told me, man, I'm done. I'm tired of it. He said, this is tiring. Hmm. He said, so many people have reached out to me. He says, uh, you're going to be the last interview I do. You will be the last interview I do. So I was like, well, you know, I really appreciate that. And while he's on the phone, hopefully he's going to, I'm, I'm going to see if he'll take some calls. Okay. Um, Cashly Kelly's going to call in too. Can't wait to hear from him. Yeah, and um, so don't go anywhere. Share the feed right now. I'm on Rumble, YouTube, Facebook. Give us. A, let me finish the interview, 
and let me post at, let me request from him to take calls. So don't call in just yet. <laughs> I want this to be a good, good, solid interview. You're listening to Black and Right Hour Two with Tariq Tariq Johnson coming up next. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in hot. Welcome back. Hour two of Black and White Radio on AM560 Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. If you missed that first hour, head over to 560theanswer.com, download the podcast. I'm telling you, the people, the powers that be here love to see the downloads of the podcast. You would do me a great honor, excuse me, if you can go and download the podcast, uh, share this feed. Um, Hoff Daddy, I sent you Tarek's number. He's uh, ready now. He, okay. Um, I'm um, really excited. Uh, when you think about Lieutenant Tarek Johnson and how he served for 22 years, if, I, if I'm correct, he served for 22 years as a Capitol Police officer. I, don't, I have no idea what he's doing now. Maybe he'll tell us. Maybe he won't. But I'll, I will pose the question to find out what he's doing. But if this, if he had anything to say that we didn't know about if he if, if if Tarek Johnson had anything against Trump and 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 if he would have been saying all these things anti-Trump, he would have been on every major television like all those other Capitol Police officers. And I know he doesn't want to denigrate the other officers because I know how that is when you serve with uh, as a former police officer, my officer myself, the denigration of other officers who, you know, put their life on the line that day as well. Um, but uh, without further ado. I hope I say his name right. Tark Johnson, former lieutenant for the Capitol Police. Welcome to Black and White Radio. And thank you for having me, John. I appreciate it. Did I say your name right? Perfectly. Man, I was saying Tariq. You know, I'm, hey, I'm from the hood, so Tariq, <laughs> that looked like Tariq. That looked like Tariq you know, to me. And the thing is, um, if it starts with a T, I'll pretty much answer up. <laughs> I, people, people crush my name all the time. So I'm just but you said it perfectly, though. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and I saw people calling you TK in some of your interviews that you did. I guess they didn't want to butcher your name. <laughs> yeah, and TK is my nickname. Most of the um, Capitol Police officers know me by TK, so um, I'm fine with TK or Tarek, Tarek. I know yeah. the answer. If it starts with a T, like I said, I know yeah. the answer. Now, you served 22 years on the Capitol Police. Uh, 23 and a half. 23 and a half. 22 or 23? I didn't hear that. 23 and a half. 23 and a half. Uh, I, I want people to know who is Tarek Johnson. Um, I, want, I also want you to tell us why didn't the J6 committee not interview somebody that was there on the ground? And and before before you answer those questions, I want people to hear something you said while you were at Turning Point. It's a quick 11 seconds. Uh, and when I saw this, because this is how I found out who you were, I was on I was on uh, Charlie Kirk's um, Turning Point page, and I saw this. 
one of the things that I'm trying to get people to focus on is that we were all set up. If you were on the ground that day, you were 100% set up. J6 was a 100% set up. I call it an absolute set up. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. So talk to us. Who are, who are you? And, 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 you know, I look at it and I see, I don't see you as having whistleblower status. And why is that? That's because J. Thomas Manger um, found a way to not include Capitol Police officers so we're not covered under the Federal Whistleblower Protection Act. This is, did this happen after um, J6? Um, I can't say when it happened. Yeah. Obviously, it didn't affect me until after J6 when I got hit with it. With it um, but no, we're not covered under that. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now, who, who are... And, and, Introduce to my listening audience who you are. Okay, everybody. My name is Tariq Johnson. Most people just call me TK. I was a lieutenant with the United States Capitol Police. I served uh, 23 and a half years. Uh, I was promoted from officer to um, special agent in 2003, and I served and protected mostly Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont. I also worked with Hillary Clinton when she was a senator. I also protected for a while um, Tom Daschle. I was on his detail uh, at times. Um, uh, senator, senator Lieberman, uh, Senator Bill Frist, um, House Speaker Dennis Hassett. I was on his protected detail sometimes. Um, so after I did that for approximately two years, I got promoted to sergeant in 2004, where I was a sergeant for 13 and some change years, I worked almost every assignment at the Capitol Police as far as um, the Uniform Services Bureau. I worked in the patrol division. I won Officer of the Year in 2012 for a, it was a tunnel, uh, a, a bus explosion. A school bus had exploded. Luckily, no kids were on board. But the, but the tunnel fit, filled with smoke and uh, took out the lights. People were running out of the tunnel. Um, Smoke inhalation. I took a lot of smoke inhalation, but uh, we got everybody out of the tunnel with no fatalities. Um, and I received the Officer of the Year. I was one of um, four recipients of the Officer of the Year Award. I took the lieutenant's exam, and I was promoted to lieutenant in what 2018. Okay. Yeah, in 2018, where I was to the Capital Division, and I and I was assigned to the Capital Division on. January 6th, in the capacity of I was the routine operations commander of the Capitol building in charge of protection for the security for the certification of the election during the counting of the electoral vote. So that was my job. So you were on the ground? Capitol. I was one of the commanders in the Capitol, yes. Okay. Now, walk me through the process. Now, I know as a police officer, when we have different, like when Obama came through, we had different people come through. Um, now, the command, they had their meeting. Um, then the, the sergeants, lieutenants, and all that, the, they would have their meeting. And then the sergeants would brief us on what happened. Um, did that occur during what, – what was the briefing like? What did you guys know? What did you guys expect? And on, the, on January 6th, the briefing, as it was explained to you guys, uh, um, National Guard, did you guys have National Guard access? Um, talk to us about that process of how that went about. John, we didn't even have a briefing. Wow. They, didn't, they basically told us um, in so many words that this is going to be a basic mega rally like we've had before. We did, And uh, I would give those briefings. 
um, those, you know, because typically when you have a big event, you have a lieutenant give the briefing. No, I was never told. I was never sent anything. We had no idea what was about to come. And the only person that knew what was going to occur as far as upper-level command uh, at the top, when you have the one, two, and three, number one was um, Chief Stevens' son, who was in charge of the overall department, and you had two bureaus. You have the Operations Bureau and you have the Intelligence Bureau. The Operations Bureau was commanded by Assistant Chief Chad Thomas. He had no idea what was coming. Um, the Intel Division was IICD was led by her name was Yogananda Pitt. Hey, explain that those acronyms because you know you 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 uh, capital people love to use those acronyms. What is that acronym? That's the intelligence. That's the intelligence division. Okay. Intelligence. Okay. Okay. So she was in charge of the intelligence division. So you had those two bureaus. She had the intel of what was going to occur. So she knew what was going to occur. And didn't tell you guys. Didn't relate that. Relay that to you guys. She absolutely did not. She kept the um, the report. And she never sent it to the people who needed the report. You got to, at the very least, send it to the people at the Capitol. She right. didn't even do that. She sat on the report. But during congressional testimony, she testified. And you can pull this up so you don't have to believe me. You can fact check me. You can pull up her testimony. And she said she distributed the document to all her deputies. And one deputy came out. His name was Jeffrey J. Pickett. He was the deputy chief under her. And he said after he, after he departed the department, after he retired, he says, no, she never sent that document. The document was entitled 21TD-159. It was a Capitol Police Intelligence Report. She never sent it to anybody. She kept the report hidden. Wow. So you guys went in there blind pretty much. It wasn't pretty much. Absolutely blinded. And we were short-staffed because we didn't know this was going to be a big event. So now I now now I understand why they didn't, the J six committee did not want you to be uh, interviewed because you would have destroyed their narrative. Exactly, and how do you not interview the person who was in charge of routine operations on that day? And I don't know if you know this, but I was the one that the evacuation. Wait, wait, say that again. You broke up. I was the one who led the evacuation of the Capitol building of both the House and the Senate. Oh, my goodness. And they would not interview me. I never got an interview. Okay. Uh, Tariq, we got to take a break. Um, wow. This is just... It, 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 everything that I've said about J6, and, and my, my co-host here, he'll, he'll tell you, everything that I've said about J6, you've just confirmed um, that uh, I, 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 I saw this as an opportunity for them to do some things, and and it sounds like that's exactly what happened. Uh, Tarek Johnson, hold on, hold the line. You listening to Black and White Radio? We're interviewing Lieutenant Tarek Johnson. We'll be right back. Back to Black and White with John Anthony on AM five sixty. The answer. Welcome back to Black and White Radio on AM five sixty. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker. Before the break, uh, we were talking to Lieutenant, former Lieutenant of the Capitol Police, Tarek Johnson. Uh, Tark, I got uh, another guest co-host on the line, Cash Kelly. Uh, he was actually one of the J6 uh, people that got locked up. Uh, he's on the line. He's joining us right now. Cash, you there? Yeah, I'm here, brother. Okay. So um, I, 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 I got a, one or two more questions, and I'm going to pass it on to, to Valon and then to Cash. Um, I know use of force. I was a policy writer. I helped write the policy. 
for our department uh, when I was with the Killing County Sheriff's Department. I, I was a policy writer. I helped write a couple of the policies that we had there. Um, the use of force that was used on Ashley Babbitt is, I mean, help me, under, help me understand and help my mind understand with the officers behind it. It sounded like there was like no communications. Is there a different set of use of force for that area that they were in for them to take her out the way she was killed? Um, with no weapons in her hand, uh, to, uh, anything. That they, is there a different different set of uh, of of use of force there? Well, the use of force. You know, you're a police officer. You're a police officer. You know. Yeah. Use of force is use of force. It's pretty much standard. You know, you mm-hmm. may have um, certain uh, certain policies and procedures that may be a little bit different, but especially when it comes to daily force, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. So now, um, as it relates to that day on January the sixth. Um, this was like no other day in the history of our government. Yeah. And um, I'm going to send it to you. I, and it was, I was just looking forward so I could put it in your box. I'll do that by okay. the time we have the next break. Okay. But um, the radio transmissions that day, have you heard them? I've listened to this. What, what, like, what, eight, six, seven, six, seven hours worth of radio? Okay. The Capitol Police radio, not yeah, the Metropolitan. Yeah. Oh, wh- okay. whatever you showed on, um, shared on Twitter, that's what I've listened to. Okay. Yeah. So if you listen to that radio, transmission you like and i know you don't know our call signs but the lower the number like you know we we, we needed to hear unit one unit two unit three we didn't hear those unit numbers. that's command the low the lower the number is the higher the person is command yeah so you had your non-dependent who was unit two chad thomas was unit three chief son was unit one so when um you didn't hear that direction no and even one of the transmissions that i made because like it was surreal to me that day when the capital was actually breaching somebody called out the breach i was like oh this is it and um i went over the radio and i said listen we have hundreds of demonstrators in the building we need some direction what do you want us to do i'm john i'm begging for help begging wow. and i'm begging you on the pitman because i know she's there because i heard her on the radio i don't know what the other ones are right. but i know she's there so i'm begging her to help john and she ghosted me. So she, but she didn't just ghost me. She ghosted everybody. So we were, I mean, you had people yelling and screaming. So now the mindset, when you think that your command, they've taken the lodge codes and left, and now you're in the house lobby, and this person is coming through your last line of defense, the, I believe that the DOJ, and I believe that they got it right, they used a different standard, and I had never heard of it before, but they believe that um, the force used, on January 6th, from everybody involved, was objectively reasonable. And I agree with wow. that under the circumstances. Even, even, even the shooting of an unarmed person? Um, now, when it comes to that particular situation, um, now, the overall event, the DOJ said that the use of force, the Capitol Police, the Metropolitan News, was objectively reasonable. Now, when it comes to Michael Byrd's case, um, I, I, I have to defer to the DOJ. Yeah. Why? Because they have they conducted all the interviews of the people that were there. They have the evidence. They have the the basis on which they judged it and decided it was objectively reasonable. Yeah. So and you I, know what? Wait, 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 quickly, quickly. Because you saw the two officers that were behind. They were like shocked. Like, why did you shoot her? Like, they, they, that's the look that they had on their face. Like, wait a minute. It, they didn't even take action. Uh, what you talking about? The guys with the long guns? Yeah. They came up after she got shot. They weren't right there when she got shot. Okay. So they were probably shocked that it was a, it was a person shot on the ground. Yeah. Because as Capitol Police officers, we don't deal with that. Right. I mean, most people call us flashlight cops and, you know, <laughs> like we, 
you know, like if, if you have an arrest, that's like a big deal. That, that's like news. Yeah. You know, if you just are, if you give a parking ticket, some officers haven't had to do that. So to see a person shot and bleeding yeah. on the floor was a shocker. Yeah. Now I got, yeah, I got two quick questions and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to defer to um, Villan. Now, the first one is, were there any feds within the crowd? Did the feds incite the riots? And then my next one is, help me understand. From what I understand, it was a very peaceful environment. Did it? Did 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 they start going berserk after they started shooting canisters, or was that, um, we, 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 according to the timeline, when did they engage into into the Capitol? When did they go into the Capitol? Was it after they had been shot at, or was it? After they they burst through the barricades, you mean what time that the, the Capitol was breached? The actual Capitol building itself was breached at about two o'clock. Okay. Now, when did they shoot the the canisters? I think they were doing that before and after two o'clock. Oh, before, because because uh, a lot of people have said that it was be it was after they started shooting the canisters into the crowds. That's when they got violent. Uh, when I walked out, because I came out onto the Upwards Terrace at, I think it was like 107. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what time the first canister was fired, but I could see fighting when I came out there okay. at 1 o'clock. Now, you, and were those and Trump supporters? And then after that, after I came out, then I started, I heard like the boom, boom, boom. I mean, it, it sounded, I mean, it was, um, I mean, like I saw, I saw colors. I saw like, um, um, see, like gas. It looked like a yeah. rainbow at some certain points out there. I don't know where it was coming from. It was coming all over. But I can tell you this. Uh, when I first went out there on the early stages, I saw they were throwing water bottles and um, they were throwing, like, metal pipes and stuff at the police officers on the ground. And they, I watched it happen. Oh, wow. Now, what about – were there feds within that crowd? And, and were some of these people – because I saw feds coming in, showing their badges, dressed like Trump supporters. I mean – we would have never known that had these videos not been released, right? Well, no question. I believe there was federal agents in the crowd, no question. What about Antifa? Uh, why they were there, I don't know. Whether they are for nefarious purpose, I don't know. And that will have to be looked at later. Who was Ray um, Epps? Who was that? Who was Ray Epps? I, I was told um, he was the guy who just, um, I know that on, um, I think it was the same day, I saw a video of him yelling and screaming and telling people that, they needed to go inside of the Capitol building. Man, John, you just cleaned the plate. Yeah. You didn't even leave me any scraps, oh. man. <laughs> I mean, my God, I'm over here brainstorming just to a- ask you a question. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to circle all the way back to getting to know you when John asks ask you to describe yourself to people. Okay, I'm going to ask the question that's at the back of people's minds right now. After this whole J6 experience and your life experience in totality, do you consider yourself now a Democrat, Republican, conservative, or progressive? How do you align? I was a lifelong uh, Democrat, lifelong. Um, and where I'm from, like I grew up, um, I guess you guys may have heard of the w- word hood. Yeah. So, yeah, I grew up in the hood. So um, me growing up, like if you were a Republican, you were a sellout. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and that was, you know, me, my entire you know most of my entire adult life when i hit my 40s my views started to shift toward conservative but i was ashamed of that and in 2016 i broke away from that and i voted for trump 
2016. Now, in 2020, I voted for Biden. Now, the reason I voted for Biden is just because, like, I'm a country over party guy, you know, and I'm a people person, and I'm an extroverted person, so I love people. And it hurt me to see my country so divided. So I was hoping that me voting for Biden, he could fix it. I love Trump's policy. But I was like, even though I like every single policy, like if you compare the policies one by one, Trump would have beat Biden um, 10 to 1. Yeah. But I was like, it's not for me. I need my country united again. And I was hoping that Biden could do it. Yeah. And, um, and I still wish he could do it. But um, obviously – our country's probably more divided now than it was when I voted. Yeah. Hey, hey, Tari, um, when we come back from break, you think you could take some questions, call us? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. And I will say one more thing, too. And now I switched over this um, well, last year, um, probably in the middle of last year, I'm now a Republican. All right. Oh, cool. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> I'm ho- I'm glad you're switching that vote. <laughs> but um, I know when we come back from break, my buddy Cash has a uh, question for you. So we'll take Cash questions for you. Uh, Give us a call, 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. If you have a question for the former lieutenant of the Capitol Police, Tarek Johnson, He's um, you've been so gracious with your time. I really appreciate it, uh, Tarek. And I can't wait. Whenever I'm in that area, man, we got we to gotta connect. Did that work for you? Uh, absolutely, 100%. And when you're here in Chicago, you got to come sit right here in the studio with us. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it, cause I, and I think I'm going to take you up on that. All right. Hey, guys, more with... Uh, former Lieutenant Tarek Johnson. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with The Troublemaker. Uh, we got Cashley Kelly on the line. We have former Lieutenant of the Capitol Police, Tarek Johnson. Cash, take it away, baby. What's going on, everybody? How are you today? Doing well. You got a question for um, the... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I do. I actually have a question for him. Um, Hey, man, how did you feel about uh, Officer Dunn's testimony before Congress? Like, do you know him? I know him very well. How did you feel about his testimony before Congress about the Oath Keepers saying... When he was saying that uh, they called him racial slurs and, and he was scared for his life from them and... How'd that, how'd you feel? Well, I wasn't there where he was uh, at the time he was there. And as far as if they did or they didn't, um, I've been hearing some people say they, it didn't happen. He said it happened. I don't know. You know, um, I know for me, um, no one said it to me. I didn't hear anybody call me any racial slurs that day, but that day wasn't about race. It was about people being angry about the results of the election. 100% 100% I agree. Um, well, the reason I ask is because I was locked up with, with Kelly Mays for over a year and a half and uh, Kenny Harrelson and Jess Watkins. And, I, wow. you know, you guys don't get to see the discovery, the discovery that, that we have that's still all sealed. They only release the footage that is, uh, that is not pertaining to people's ca- actual cases. So in the, in the discovery that he had, they showed the video of him with Dunn. And it showed Kelly Meggs and Kenneth Harrelson were there defending Officer Dunn pushing people away wow. to back up and to go the other way. And it was crazy to me because he went in front of Congress and completely lied and, and, and threw them guys under the bus when actually they were the ones that were there protecting them and they were called white supremacists, even though they were there protecting a black police officer. Wow. I was just wondering how you felt about it. 
Well, um, I don't know if you know my whole story, but I was also um, the the black lieutenant who was on the East Front, and I recruited two Oath Keepers to help me on a mission to extract some officers that was trapped at a door, and they did. Um, they both yeah, I've white. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, that was me. Oh wow, that's what's up, man. Wow. Yeah, I appreciate you, bro. We were actually talking about you when we were incarcerated. You know, uh, oh, you, wow. you're a good dude, man, and I appreciate you, you know, for being a, a good cop. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. it. Doing what a good cop's supposed to do. <laughs> I love Thanks. it. Uh, Tark, you, you willing to um, take some calls? Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right. Chuck from Delavan, Wisconsin. What's up, brother? Hey, how are you doing? I just wanted to tell you that uh, I sat in my farmhouse today, and there was 200 snowmobiles went by. The snowmobile trails are open. <laughs> and nice. so... So the bar owners and the strippers are making a ton of money. None of the trails go to a church or go to a library. They go to every 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 bar and every strip club in in wow. Wisconsin. So oh, wow. I was just trying to fill you guys in on that. So I was just letting you know I was just counting. All right. yep, the economy's doing great. All right, Chuck. <laughs> Thank you. Let's go to Nick from the Northwest Side. Nick. What's the question? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Chuck is something he's usually on. You probably know uh, the last caller. Uh, oh, I know he is. Uh, Friday. <laughs> we danced with him. In, we danced with him at the Freedom Summit when it was in Wisconsin. Yeah. So I know exactly who he is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is a good example of why I like your show. Sometimes it's educational, like now. Sometimes you just have fun, and I enjoy listening to it. You know, first Saturday, it's perfect. And hello thank to Verlon, by the way. How's uh, it going, brother? Great guy, honest, opinionated guy. I uh, really respect the man. Um, one thing I've had a problem with this uh, January 6th business is that right from the beginning, an example I would use is that uh, uh, he was called a QAnon shaman or shaman, yeah. shaman or something like that. Yeah, that yeah. guy. He eventually was released from prison because when they showed all the video that the government has control over, they showed that he was brought in. Like you see, even now then, you see sometimes the guards working there or security people, whatever you want to call them, they'd actually be smiling at people and motioning with their hands, come on in and look at this, look at that, motion to things, to show them things. Uh, how much more of uh, this video in, uh, is being held back? And, and maybe it's not even held back. Maybe somehow accidentally it's been uh, destroyed, you know, like uh, maybe they went to uh, Hillary Clinton and found out how to do it, you know, I don't know yeah. what. Uh, you know, yeah. so I just like to see, hear what the man's opinion is of you know all these videos that a little bit came out for the QAnon right. shaman, but but what else is missing? And, okay. and, and Nick, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, Nick. And right. and uh, Tark, you actually just had a conversation or a meeting with him, right? The shaman. With who? Oh yes, yes. And I was going to tell um your you know the people who are listening. I don't know how many people are listening to this. A lot. Today. <laughs> um, but they should follow me on Twitter. Um, you know, my name, put my name in, T-A-R-I-K. Last name is Johnson. If you don't have a Twitter account, set one up. But I put a whole lot of stuff on there. And it's funny because, I, and I go through, like, certain months when I'm focusing on certain things. But I've been focusing on the video this month. The video is being held back by a man named J. Thomas Manger. He is arguably the most corrupt politician in the country. This is the man that's trying to stop the video from being released. And this is all on my Twitter. You can see the page. You can see who he is, everything. Um, what's the video? What, what, what's the contents? Just um, if you, the contents of the video. Now, the video, he doesn't want people to see the video. For whatever reason, he just does not want you to see the video. But the video is not the primary reason why he's holding it back. He's stalling because if people see the video, 
they're then going to want to see the NDAs that he forced USCP employees to sign. That's Whoa. what he doesn't want people to see. Whoa. So the longer he can stall the video, the longer it's going to take for people to get to the NDAs. And, and like I said, once you guys, once everybody sees all the videos, you're going to put two and two together and you're going to find out what that day really was. And now you're going to want to see the NDAs. And that's what he's trying to prevent. Wow. Uh, can you stay for one more segment? I can. Okay. Uh, I really appreciate it. We're talking with uh, former Lieutenant of the Capitol Police, Tarek Johnson. We got our buddy Cash Lee Kelly on the line. Uh, Cash, how long can you stay? I can stay, man. I got a good question, too. I want to ask Okay. Back. All right. You're listening to Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm John Anthony. He's the troublemaker. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM 560. The answer. Stop. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM 560. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Live in the studio with the troublemaker. We got Cash Lee Kelly joining us by phone and former lieutenant for the Capitol Police, Tarek Johnson. Cash, you, had, you said you had another question for him. Hey, yeah. Hey, hey, hey Mr. Johnson. Um, I was going to ask you, man, because there's been a lot of confusion out there about it, you know, with, with all the different uh, news sources. How many Capitol Police officers died related to January 6th that day? Um, is it on, meaning actually on that day or as a result of January 6th? On that day and as a result of January 6th. Um, two Capitol Police officers, three Metropolitan Police officers. But was it- died on January 6th? No, um, three, uh, four of those um, officers committed suicide. One died as a result of the physical impact of that day. Uh, his death was ruled a, um, it, it was ruled that he died of um, um, natural causes um, due to, I think, a seizure or something to that effect. Um, okay. January the 7th. And that's Sicknick, right? I'm sorry, go ahead. That's Brian Sidnick or whatever his name is. Brian Sidnick, yeah, Brian Sidnick. I was Brian actually on the scene when he, uh, when he went down. I watched him. He he was gone on the six. I don't care what anybody says. He was gone on the six. But didn't he come back? Walk, didn't he come back walking in the Capitol? Yes. Okay. And, and then he went to um, after things settled down. He went to uh, like a break area, and then he just went. He went down. He just was. That was. He just went down, and then he never came back. I was there. I watched him. He was gone. Yeah. Rest in peace to that brother, man. I ain't. I'm not trying to – I really want to know because, you know, from what we – and, and like I say in the discovery, uh, they said in um, Tanyos, Tanyos and Julian Cater, uh, their discovery, you know, they tried to charge them with his death. But no, they, then the yeah, videos came out later. Yeah, then the videos came out later of him walking through the Capitol, and it, it came out that he died the day, the day after, I believe. He died – yeah, they pronounced him dead the day after, um, yes. But no, um, he wasn't. Uh, they didn't murder him. Um, now I believe that the effects of that day is why he's gone. Um, but can I tie those two people to murdering him? No. Um, um, the coroner said he died. Basically, I think it was natural causes to a seizure or whatever it was. And I'm going to go with what the coroner says. Uh, I believe it was because of that day, though oh, the impact of that day. But no, I'm not going to. I don't believe that. That. You know, if, if the coroner says he died this way, I'm going with the coroner. Okay, sir. Uh, it's, me, it's me again, Mr. TK. Um, I got two quick questions for you. 
You well, per- they only have to be quick. You can take your time. <laughs> okay. You personally, if uh, if you had it all to do again, would you do anything different? And my bigger question is, in hindsight, what do you see that could have been done by our elected leaders that could have stopped this, stopped this from happening? Uh, that day was going to happen uh, once. Yo, uh, now, I would say no. I wouldn't have done anything different other than I would have maybe done things quicker. Um, but I would have had to have known that that my assistant chief was basically letting this happen, and I couldn't have known that. Um, if I had a crystal ball, I would have done things sooner. Um, but, no, I wouldn't have changed my actions. I believe everything I did, and I think once it all comes out in the wash, I think that um, I think most people would say, I served my country well that day. Yeah. So that's, that's hey, how I feel. Tari- I, I want to play something. I want to get your uh, opinion about it. This is on January 6th, um, conversations between, looks like an undercover. I couldn't see the badge. But I want to I want to play this, and I want to get your take on it, okay? Here we go. Well, we go undercover as Antifa in a crowd. So can you put that back in? Did you hear what he said? Right, you yeah, yeah. It feels better. Yeah, I want you. I just want to play that first part again. Listen really closely. Well, we go undercover as Antifa in a crowd. So, can you put that back in, Bruh, What I mean was that you guys or was that Metro? Was that FBI? Who that was, was that? Uh, I believe that was Metropolitan. I don't. I don't think it was Capitol. But did you hear what he said? I when we go undercover as Antifa, I saw that. I saw that uh, video, and I did not recognize the officers. Um, I do know that law enforcement, we put people in crowds like that so they can um, intel. Um, but obviously, the question is, were federal agents in that crowd for nefarious purposes? And uh, I guess um, somebody from the FBI at some point is going to have to address that. I can't address that, and I won't. It will be uh, irresponsible right. for me to try to address that. I would agree. But uh, here's another question I have for you real quick. As I watch the videos... Uh, I'm a po- I'm a cop. I've charged people with trespass. I've I've written you know I can't begin to tell you how many times I've I've arrested people for trespass. But if somebody allows somebody to come just walking in, how is that trespassing? Um, um John, it's even worse than that. Like uh, I've said this already, and and you played the recording. January sixth was an absolute setup. Yeah, it was a setup, and the setup was led by Yogananda Pittman. She was a Assistant Chief, she was she's basically just a misguided, overly ambitious, uh, corrupt commander. And now, after the setup, a met um, a, a huge, uh, enormous size cover up ensued, which is being led by the current Capitol Police Chief Jay Thomas Manger. Yeah. But the fact that people were set up, you're going to have to look at people's cases once all everything comes out into the wash. So yeah. when you talk about, you know, um, like nonviolent people that day, yeah. a lot of those things were probably after it's absolutely proved, even though I know it all already right now, um, that January 6th is set up. Yeah. They're going to have to go look at some of these cases. Again. Yeah. You know, next time you come on, I, w- I would love to talk to you about uh, Chief Sun uh, and, and the Capitol Police and, I want to know did 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 our elected officials play a part in all this uh, by not providing us? This. If an elected official played any part in that, Yogananda Pittman would know. So, um, but obviously, she's not talking. Um, 
Jay Thomas Major gave her a sweetheart deal so she could go to the other side of the country and so she can get out of D.C. So at some point, uh, we're, the prayer is that the, um, the new J6 Select Committee will bring her back and have her testify in front yes. of Congress and public. Because I want Jim Jordan after her. I want Jim Banks. I want, I want, I want the, the, um, the Republicans to have some attack dogs, people that know how to pose, frame questions to get the answers that they're looking for. And I'm sure she's going to probably take the fifth now, though. And that'll be telling. Oh, if she takes the fifth oh, now. You better take the fifth. Right. But, that, she, was, but that would tell, that's a tell yeah. in, of itself, that if she starts taking the fifth, I take the fifth, I take the fifth, what does that say? And she, she don't want to self-incriminate herself. And she's implicit. Ooh. Now, can you give your um, Twitter handle out again? Yes. Um, you can put my name in there. And let me actually look up my Twitter. Oh, I, I got it. It's uh, e, uh, E-L-L-E-O-N. I'm sorry. I hit the um, I was like, I'm going to give you my Twitter. I'm pulling it up now because I don't even know my Twitter. Yeah, handle. I got it. Follow him on, at, follow him on Twitter at E-L-L-E-O-N-C-E-O-T-K. E-L-L-E-O-N. Um, uh, C E O T K. That's uh, that's where you'll find Tarek Tar- Tarek Johnson. Yeah, or or you could just put my name in there and my face. Should that's show easy, up. right? <laughs> I, I I put but, it to uh, my Facebook page too. I, I posted it on my Facebook page. Thank you very much. And some things are going to be coming out real soon. So if you guys want the juice before it hits the news wave, before it hits mainstream media, follow me there, and you're going to see it. All right, and then when that hits, you mind coming back? Yes, I will come back. You have my word. Oh, I love it. Tark Johnson, former Capitol Police Lieutenant, thank you so much for joining um, Black and Right today. You've been so gracious with your time. Guys, go follow him. Type in Tark Johnson, T-A-R-I-K-R-K, uh, Johnson's common spelling. Follow him on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us today. Cash, you hold the line, thank okay? Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Cash, hold the line, okay? Got you. All right, you listening to Black and Right Radio. We'll be right back. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with The Troublemaker. Um, Cash, what do you guys, what do you think about that interview? I mean, uh, I thought it was pretty good. I caught, I came in at the five-hour mark, yeah. so I missed a little bit. But, oh, uh, look at you, you slacker! I, heard, I, thought it was, I thought it was pretty interesting. You slacker! So, Cash, what do you? Uh, we got about a minute left. I, can you hold on, um, or you got to go? I'm here, man. I'm chilling. All right, because we got another. Uh, we got. Another, I got another couple of segments I have to do. I have a guest in studio, uh, but I, I want to catch up with you because um, I, I'm really excited that you're out. I'm really excited of 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 what you're getting ready to do. Really quickly, how can people who want to help you right now? How can they help? Uh, they could go to helpcash.com. Yeah. And that's they just go just helpcash. You got um uh, Cash App, uh Venmo, anything like that? Yeah, I got I got a Cash App and a Venmo. I got a Zill, I got all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Cash App. <laughs> like which one should I get? All of them. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, the Cash App is Cash 11 11 1988. Okay. That's Cash eleven eleven nineteen eighty eight Cash with a K. Okay. And then for the uh, Zelle or let me see the Venmo. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, you know what? 
Put what? it on my Facebook page. Put it on my Facebook page on in the link. Um, okay. And we, we can go from there. And But you're going to hold a line, right? Yeah. All right. Hour three, coming up next. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in hot. I love that song. Okay, this week's Troublemaker Award goes to a gentleman named Kogi Muhammad. Oh, boy. Now, I don't want to speak for him. I'm going to let him speak for himself. The reason America supports Israel is not all that complicated. Yo, buddy Biden told us. For apologizing for our support for Israel. There's no apology to be made. None. It is the best... Three billion dollar investment we make. Were there not an Israel, the United States of America would have to invent an Israel to protect her interest in the region. America ain't no benevolent country. Israel was a strategic military base for us. A way to control at least two major resources in the region. Oil and opium. Y'all know how lucrative oil is because you can see these gas prices. And opium makes opioids. And guess who's having an opioid crisis because it's in every prescription? The U.S. of A. Israel wasn't charity. U.S. funds it because we want to colonize and control the Middle East. We did the same thing in Hawaii, toppled their government, then put a naval station down known as Pearl Harbor. We did the same thing in Guam, took a third of the island for military bases. That's where we practiced bombing before we dropped nukes on Japan. We did the same thing in Cuba. We helped them get independent from Spain and just never removed our troops. And then we set up Guantanamo Bay Naval Base there. A hundred years later, that's where we tortured war criminals after 9-11. Now, let's pause for a minute. In 9-11, yes, we were attacked and a lot of people lost their lives. But in Afghanistan, we increased opium production 30-fold after the Taliban had just decreased it 10-fold. There was always a money move at play because we live in an American empire. And all that means is that we don't mind our business. We will go to war just to set up fake governments in other countries that serve American corporations. And that's why it's so important to America to have Israel, a military base, a colony in the Middle East. Okay. I'm just asking questions oh, these days. Thank you just for bringing I want to slap him right now, too, look, now. Look, I'm just asking questions these days. I, don't tear my head off. People, you know, we still can ask questions. Now, yeah, my the question. The young Turks are just asking questions. Now, yeah. now, my question, I got two of them. Is he anti-America more so than Israel? And my other question is, is anything that he said true? That's all I'm saying. I'm just asking a couple Bala, of questions. You so, are. Oh, go ahead, George. Well, I don't think anything there was uh, specifically anti-Israel or anti-America, but it was certainly anti-fact. Um, well, you know, let's start off with the uh, with the very well-known phenomenon of massive sprawling poppy fields across Saudi Arabia, Iraq, and Syria. And Afghanistan. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> um, Israel's nowhere near Afghanistan, by the way. Right. <laughs> um, it does serve a strategic purpose. We front stage ammunition there for forward operating bases and 
things like that, so we don't have to ship it so far when some numb nuts in Yemen starts launching missiles. And, but the other part of it is um, he seems to characterize things after the fact. Like, he, he's got his order of operations off. So we practiced dropping bombs on Guam, yes, um, in the sense that we had to take it from the Japanese, right? We didn't drop nuclear bombs there or, or use it as a test range before we bombed Japan. So are there facts in there buried deep somewhere? Yes. Does he have a grasp of them? No. No. Well, this is educational. I, that's why. It sounds like yes. Phil from Blue Island. That's why I ask the question. This is educational. Yeah. Blonde. This is how we learn that there are idiots like this <laughs> out there. Oh, God. Cash, what's your take on that? Yeah. But did you hear that? I heard it, but I feel like that guy is heavily misinformed, and he just got some deep-rooted uh, division inside of him, man, and he ain't too fond of, of us over here, really, is how I took it. I mean, I don't know if anything of what he said was true. Maybe, like he said, maybe hidden deep within there, but the only truth that I heard was I don't want to hear anything that guy got to say. If a lot, that's not – there's no what you're talking about, Willis, with this this oh, idiot? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but you, you, you wish no, – I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where's my Gary Coleman? We're talking about Willis. That's what I'm talking about. So what's your point? What's your take about his, yeah. his comments, Vilan? Me? Yeah. Well, I'm pro-America. I love America. I love America. And, you know, it's it, you got to dig deep in why we put those bases where we put them to defend this country. Because it's always defending this country first. Yeah. Okay, so, I, you know, he might he might be mad or he's part of the grievance industry. I'm not part of that industry. Hey, George, do you have the donkey? He's a... You know, you, you got that. Oh, from your, um, Obama? This is how I feel about your Muhammad. I, uh, Muhammad. God, uh, I don't know what I have anymore in this system. Yeah. <laughs> Please play that. You, my Obama, he's a jack, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a jackass. That's that's how I feel about Um, I don't think I do Yeah, have that's that. my comment about what the, your troublemaker of the week oh. this week, Milan. Uh, before we go, we, we go to our, our in-studio guest. Uh, Who's more comfortable than ever? Yeah, I know. I'm sure she's like, "Oh, what did I walk into this week?" Uh, Let's go to Jim from South Elgin, also a sponsor of this show. Jim, why'd you fall off? I saw you on the um, on the call log, and uh, you you oh, because I didn't want to. You know, I was calling about. Well, if you talk about Israel, let's not forget that Trump did a lot with the uh, Abraham Abraham Accords Accords and things like this. Yeah, and but I was actually calling about a different topic. Okay. Uh, I just found out that Oak Park, starting this year, is banning natural gas hookups from any new construction. What? So what? Oak Park, it's against the village code now for any new construction in Oak Park to have a natural gas hookup because they want buildings to be all electric. Wow. That's, can, uh, I, um, can I chime in? As someone who spent uh, well over a decade as a contractor, yeah. um, anytime you're getting an occupancy permit, for a, for a habitable structure, you have to have water, electricity, and gas yeah. in order for it to be considered humanly or uh, uh, habitable by humans. So um, how do they get around this, George? I, that's, a, that's a very interesting but you question know what? because I, those are state. I've, I've heard this a lot. A lot of these places are going straight electric, no gas. My mother was just in a What if I don't want an apartment? I love how electric. gas cooks food. Yeah. Come on. What if I don't no, want the electric? True, but you see... These people that say that they want to say that cooking with the natural gas is uh, contributes, it's like fossil fuels. And these people flunk chemistry 101. <laughs> when you burn methane gas, you simply produce water vapor and you produce that dangerous gas called carbon dioxide, which is plant food. 
And that shows you how stupid these people are. And they, they all, like I said, they flunk chemistry 101. But see, this is the kind of mindset that gets, you know, gets started. These things got to be stopped. That's why, you know, it's, it's dumb. Because, for example, let's say in uh, the middle of winter your, your electric goes out. A lot of people have gas uh, backup generation. Yeah. Cash, well, guess you, what? If you have a home like that, you can't have that ability. That's insane. Cash, you see what you've missed since you've been gone, man? <laughs> since you've been yeah, gone. Yeah, man. It seems like the world's going crazy and everything is on fire. Shout out to Bobby Self. Oh, it is? <laughs> is, is it, we not done yet? You see who I see on the phone? I can't, I can't take him right now. I got my guess. <laughs> uh, Phil, you got to call back because I got a guest, an in-studio in guest. I'll uh, take your call. At, uh, thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll take I'll take your call later. because I, I yeah. Real, real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt. Thanks, Jim. But... Um, Going back to the gas thing real quick, mm-hmm. one of the main issues with, with you know, standardization and construction is safety, right? So what you're going to have is your neighbor's got gas because his house is 10 years old. Yeah. You're building your house now and it doesn't. So what kind of ad hoc gas hookups are we going to see home yep. to home? Yep. It's going to look like the Albanian power grid. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, but it's, but it's, it's just stupid. It's, it's all about, this is all about control. And we continue to allow these people... To, to 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 control us, and 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 the easy way to, to to get rid of them is to vote them out. Just because your state rep is has done something for you, what are they doing to for the to the destruction of your uh, your state? What are they doing for that? Just because they've helped you, what are they doing? Look at look at the totality of the circumstances. Look at the bigger picture, and you know what they're doing, the decisions that they're making, because they know that you're not paying attention. They know you're still going to vote for them. Oh, especially in these deep blue states, because they know in these deep blue areas, because they know you're not paying attention and you're going to put them right back in power. And they're destroying us slowly. It's like the, it's like that, you know, I know that I know this may not be a real thing, but it's just like putting the frog in the warm water, lukewarm water and turning up the heat, you know, or anything. I think it's a real thing. Yeah, I, I've read somewhere where it said it wasn't a real thing. I'll, uh, I'll verify that yeah. this week. Yeah. <laughs> you go you to boil a frog, George? <laughs> but cash, we're missing too much, man. I'm telling you, uh, Yo, this the, is this is getting crazy, man. And and that's just, I mean, what? Look at look at all the indictments against Donald Trump. Look at all, I mean, and we just sitting there, and Republicans just taking it, like, okay, all right, nothing's gonna happen, you know, um, you know, the impeachments. Where are they? I'm sorry, they opened up this floodgate. Bring them, bring it, bring it. They opened up this floodgate. Well, what they said was. Is they're going to show America the right way to do it, right? Not the way the Democrats did. What's right? I don't know and, and what's how, right and wrong. And, and the Republicans. Let me. Okay. Who's <laughs> Chase? When we come back from break, Hope House. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and White on AM five sixty. The answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with The Troublemaker. All right, Chase, before I say anything, Marvin Gaye or George Michael? Who you got? I'm going to have to go with Marvin. Oh! <laughs> what was that? Who's, wait, wait. Oh, uh, man, you know what? I just think they just giving <laughs> it in to you for whatever reason. You know George oh, Michael. I didn't know there was a fight. Great. I didn't know there was a fight, fight going a on. Feud. Yeah. Oh, no. It's a feud we have. Okay, who looks better? Marvin Gaye or George Michael? I don't know. Marvin Gaye was a... I don't know if I can comment now. Are you telling me you can't look at a Marvin Gaye picture and a 
George Michael picture oh, and tell me George Michael is more sexy than Who Marvin Gaye. We're not talking I'm gonna need about a side that. by side. We're talking about talent. <laughs> can we go back to it's the whole uh, thing? Can we go back to uh, Verlon's original standard of George Michael Michaels. gets the he, he really gets all the girls? Yeah, <laughs> Who Verlon gets all the girls. No. It's, it's George Marvin Michael's Gay. not out trying to get any it's girls. Marvin Gaye, <laughs> not George Michael's. <laughs> <laughs> we know he's not going one for the of girls. Them is named Gay and one well never. Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> uh -huh. Cash, you see what happens? See what has happened on the show, nah, Cash. Me. Yeah, I'm still with you. All right, cash down. I'm getting ready to tell a story that I don't you you I don't I know you haven't heard because of the guest that's in the studio, Chase Heidner. Uh Chase, you ran for was it library board? I did. In Barrington? Yes. Um back in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty? Yeah, twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Uh I hope you run again. I really do. But we're not here to talk about politics. Um you we're here because you represent an organization called Hope House. Um talk to us, explain to us. What is Hope House? What do you do? And, and, and at some point, uh, how can people help or, or the, the work that you guys are doing over at Hope House? Sure, absolutely. So the way it all started is I had this wonderful high school counselor. His mm -hmm. name is Ray Pagentini. Okay. And is he listening? He, he is, okay. actually. Hey, Ray. Shout out to Ray Pag. <laughs> He's the best, honestly. Amazing man. So he was a high school counselor for 32 years at Barrington High School. And wow. after he retired, he still wanted to give back to the community and have the community be involved, and he found the Hope House, mm. which it's H-O-P-E, which is an acronym. It stands for Helping Open People's Eyes mm. and also Hang On Pain Ends. Woo. So essentially what they're trying to, the Hope House is doing is trying to spread awareness about, you know, people with suicidal ideation or, you know, suicide prevention. So those are the two things is trying to prevent suicide. Uh, he came to my family and he said, you know, I have this really great idea. I want to found I want to find uh, this hope house where students, you know, adults, veterans, first responders can go to to seek help if they're if they're struggling. Right. Yeah. And he needed a place. And my family is always we, we have a, a real estate business. So mm -hmm. we have real estate. We had an office in downtown Barrington. And he had asked if he can work out of there, and we said absolutely. Amen. It was a no-brainer. I mean, if you, in, uh, the work that he does and his abilities that we've seen, even helping me throughout my high school career, um, it was a no-brainer. It was an absolute yes. So if we could just save one life, I mean, that's all that matters. That's all matters. That's true. Now, you've, you've had um, – is it okay to talk about? You've sure. had a personal – um, a, a, a babysitter, I believe it was, a daycare, whatever, yeah. uh, what it, babysitter? Yeah, so her name was Nicole. Um, How old? And she, I was seven years old. Okay. So she, and she was just, she was 18 years old oh, when she took her life. Jesus. And, you know, seven years old, is, it was kind of like a, a, a strange age because, you know, the adults around me were like, oh, you know, she's too young to understand. But I did. Yeah. I did understand. Mm -hmm. And, and the thing is, uh, I really looked up to her. Mm -hmm. You know, as a child, everybody always has those idols. Um, and she was just beautiful. Yes. I mean, just blonde hair, blue eyes, pearly white teeth, mm. always chewing a, a, a white piece of mint gum. <laughs> just somebody that I wanted to be who I, who I just I looked up to. Yeah. So from seven years old on, I mean, that had a massive impact on my life in the direction that I was taking. Um, so much so to the point that when I decided to go off to college, I pursued psychology hmm. um so 
my family has always been very involved and in, like you know it affected my whole family mm-hmm. that was that was a good friend of ours not just her but her her father right and watching her father go through what he went through did she have siblings uh no no oh, only child yes Oof. so um you know we spent a lot of time with him her father afterwards and just being so young and and watching that mourning process mm-hmm. and just seeing the the wide impact that just this one beautiful person had and how heart-wrenching it is to to think that she didn't see that in herself that she wouldn't recognize or or all these people that love her and and the, the massive impact that her not her absence would have yeah you know um i've told the story of me losing my only son john john wesley John Wesley Christian Anthony, Forever 18. Um, it's one of the, I, I, I can't even give you words to exp- express the pain, the grief, the anger. Um, you have some moments of joy. It, it sounds crazy, but you think about some of the times that you've had with him. Um, I'm at a point now where um, I've literally been having nightmares lately. Um, because I've been thinking about my John was my only son and my line is done. And I, and, and I've been, I've been saying to myself and I've, I've really, I mean, it's really some of the moments I've gotten a little depressed about it because, um, I feel like, and I said to myself, please, I'm hope, I hope I don't, don't get a little too emotional here, but, um, uh, does God, did God curse me? Doesn't believe that much in me that he wanted to kill off my bloodline. And I know I have girls, so I know my girls will be able to, to, to push it off. But I've really been trying to, because even to this day, I'm talking about it right now. I, as soon as I start talking about it, I feel the pain of never being able on this side of the earth to hear my son's voice unless it's through video, um, not knowing what impact he would have made in society, in life, um, you know, looking to see what would he have done. You know, I'll, I'll never forget that that night, Cash, you haven't heard this, I don't think, uh, that night um, at, I think it was 12, 1 o'clock in the morning when Joliet police came to our house and asking for John Anthony. I'm like, hey, dude, I'm John Anthony. <laughs> They're like, no, nah, he's a little young. I'm like, first of all, I'm like, really? They go, um, yeah, I saw, I, uh, he, he said, um, I said, well, what's going on? And, he said, well, is he here? Because we, we just got a call from his girlfriend. Uh, she hasn't been able to get in contact with him. And he was talking about something. So I yelled up to the room, to his, towards his room, and my daughter, my 17-year-old and my wife, went and ran, uh, went to the door, turned the light on. Uh, as soon as they turned the light on, opened the door, they let out the most excruciating scream I've ever heard in my life. And I turned, I'm, I turned, because I'm, I'm, I'm in shorts and I and I I turn and run. I mean, actually, I was in my underwear. I think it was. I turn and run as fast as I can. The cop running. We both run up the stairs. He pushes me to the side and he runs in. And then I get there, and all I see was my son's head leaking blood and brains. And um, yeah, it's it's it it makes you look at life. It makes you look at the trivial things of life, and you say to yourself doesn't matter that's why a lot of the politics don't really matter to me today 
That's why I can look at a Democrat, you know, and bring them on this show to have a conversation with them. Uh, one to to expose how idiot 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 how idiotic their com- I mean, you know, their belief system are in some regards. But also, you know, I I, I actually love uh, Phil from Blue Island just called, but he's we have to get him off. But life is so fragile, right? Right. That's right. It's fragile, and this is what the House of Hope, Hope House. This is what they try to convey to the people that they deal with, right? Yes. Explain that. Well, first, I just want to, you know, I I don't have any words that could express how. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sounds empty, right? Yeah. No, it doesn't. Well, it's just that darkness that comes after, you know, mm-hmm. the emptiness. That's mm-hmm. it's something that we don't want to have to have to happen anymore. Yeah. If we can prevent that. I mean you're you're it's it's pain for generations, right? Yes. And 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 it's expansive um and it's like a plague. Yeah. Uh you know, Barrington specifically, we went through an epidemic of suicide. Mm-hmm. It was five suicides within like 3 years. When did this happen? That was 2021? Uh, no, that was back in like 2010. Okay. There was had been like about three uh five suicides there was. So much so that, like, uh, you know, I remember going to, like, a neighboring town. Wait, let's hold sure. this story for when we come back from break. Cash, I want to get your take on this um, because you knew my son and you knew how life of the party he was. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM five sixty. Yes, you can cut that music because that going YouTube is gonna ding me for that. <laughs> only YouTube and Facebook dings me for that. Just that one song, that one song only. We're gonna change it. Um, can I say no, wait, wait, what's up? We got, I won't get, let me get Cash's okay. point of view. Cash, um, welcome back, man. I'm sorry. Um, what do you think about that? You heard the story? Yeah, man. That uh. That hit me, man. I ain't going to lie because, you know, being away, bro, I was always worried about something happening to one of mine. And, and I couldn't even imagine what you had to go through, man. Yeah. You know, to, to, to experience that, brother, no parents should have to, you know. So I just want to send my condolences. And, man, cause that little dude, man, dang. Yeah. He how, was. He was dope. Here's he a question. Dope, man. How hard was it? You Did you ever have any of those thoughts while you were locked up? Oh, 100%. My yeah. oldest son, man, he... Uh, he was doing little knucklehead stuff, man, while I was away, and it's like it's hard to be a father when you're when you're incarcerated. Yeah, you know. So, and then the things that he was doing, I had already done in my life, and I had changed, you know, changed from it. So it's hard to tell him, like, yo, don't do what I did, and especially me being locked up, you know. So I just had to pray. I had to put him in God's hands and just hope that he would get it together until I got home, and he did. You know, I'm grateful for that. So yeah, it was definitely a thought, man, and. Like I say, brother, man, my hat's off to you for being as strong as you are, bro, because that would have broke me. You know, you know, me, honestly, I, I won't say what, but right after he died, um, there's some things that happened. And um, I'm telling you, it broke me in ways I didn't know I could be broken. And to this day, I'm still trying to heal from that. And I... It's 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 a it's it, it was a pain. You're just gonna have to read the book. <laughs> uh, once I finally finish it, 
because uh, th- I'm I'm going to add it in the book. Of, as there was some a- after he died, it, it just it broke me in ways I never thought I could be broken. And I'm just happy to have people in my life, uh, especially during that time, who helped me get through. And I, I got to give a shout out to my pastor, um, Pastor Randy Bland, who uh, helped nurse these million pieces of my heart and brain that were just scattered throughout. Uh, it, it really it broke me in ways I, I just I can't even explain it. I'm sorry, Vlad, you had something to say? No, uh, you know, why, why you both was talking about the counseling and everything. Um, I want to say something to you and your guests. Uh, when you, I want to circle back to when you said your bloodline is like cut off. Yeah. Um, you know, me and you have a bunch of girls. Mm-hmm. All right. You got one grandkid. I got two. Mm-hmm. When you look at your grandkids, oh. I want, to, I just want you to, I want you to keep this in your mind. And I want you to think about this. Every time you look at your grandkid and hold your grandkid, that's you. Yeah. Okay. Cause with, without your daughter, there's no, there's no grandkid. Right. So that's you. Your essence and your DNA, your fingerprint will be on this earth for a long time to come. I understand what you mean by bloodline, my grandfather. My name. name. Yeah, I know what you mean by that because my my grandfather used to talk to the family about bloodline and a lot of them didn't like it because Mm -hmm. they wasn't of his sons. Right. You know what I'm saying? But still, your DNA, your essence will be here. You will be here for a long time. Yeah, and he carries my name, John. And then uh, August John. And to you, uh, I just wanted to ask you a question. Sure. What's the best part of counseling to you? Like, talk about a case that you may have had some input on that really resonates with you. I mean, the best thing that you can hear is, is you know, when you free somebody of those thoughts and they finally, you know, get over the hill, the mountain of, of the darkness and, and these, these suicidal ideations, if you're able to help them to see light, mm-hmm. to find a purpose again, that's, that's, the, that's the biggest reward. I mean, that's why you want to do this work is because every, I believe every single life here on this earth is born with a purpose and, and a mission, something to achieve on this earth and, and thousands of people behind them that love them, that whose lives would be affected by them as well. I mean, you're not just saving one person. You're saving, you're saving thousands of people from pain and, and angst for, like I said, generations. Um, that's the most rewarding part of it. Um, all cases in all cases, right? It's not just one where it's like, oh, like this, this life was, this is the life that I saved that impacts me the most. Uh, it's, it's all of them. It truly is. Wow. Um, my son listened to Joyner Lucas' song, I'm Sorry. Like, I don't know how many times, a, a ton of times. He watched the movie 13 Reasons Why. Um, I, I think this 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 new this culture makes it look like it's easy and nobody's affected by those decisions. Uh, when you look at during COVID, I know uh, after my son died, I went on his Twitch. I went on his Discord. He was part of suicide groups where they were basically betting to see who was going to commit oh suicide. Gosh. There are groups out there on Discord and Twitch where they incur- they're encouraging you to go commit suicide. Yeah, that's sickening. How, when you look at what happened with COVID, uh, oh, yeah, George, I see it. Thank you. Ha, when we come back from break. <laughs> <laughs> Hope Daddy ain't coming in here yelling at me again. Um, we're going to discuss that. Yes. How did COVID affect you? How, do you think COVID affected um, a lot of these kids and adults 
to commit suicide. We don't answer now. You listening to Black and Right? We'll be right back. Let's get it to him, baby girl. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio. Chase, you heard the lyrics I just read off to you for Lucas joining the song. That's like a suicidal person, anybody dealing with suicidal ideation anthem, right? Yeah, that was that was deep lyrics and for him to, you know, to listen to those over and over again, I yeah. mean, that's just those aren't good thoughts to put in your brain all the time. No. Again and again and again and it's just, you know, that's the problem and this is, you know, going back to the Hope House, this is why we want this resource out there. So many people hold these thoughts yeah. in in themselves. They don't want to share it. Yeah. You know, they feel they feel alone in their thoughts, right? And and Sometimes people feel feel embarrassed, yeah. especially the men, right? Yeah. The boys and the men, um, and you Shame. know, yeah, it, they they don't they don't want to, uh, you know, share this. But with resources like this, you can go to, you know, it's private. You know, it's not like you're admitting this to a friend or a family if you don't feel comfortable doing that. But also, you know, social support is huge. You talked about the social support that you received mm-hmm. afterwards, and and how you're pastor priest i forget what yeah, you said your pastor helped piece those uh pieces together mm-hmm. right and one thing that i learned in psychology when i was studying um, in my psychology of trauma class is that social support is the number one factor to help people get over depression anxiety ptsd so these individuals who want to in- isolate themselves when they're experiencing these suicidal ideations that's the worst thing that you could do if if somebody's listening what are some of the signs that a parent, a guardian, or a friend, or boyfriend, girlfriend, they see? What are some of those signs that they exhibit? Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, my son was the life of the party. As soon as COVID hit, I, you literally, I saw it, and I talked to my son a, a week before he committed the act. And I looked at him, and we both hugged that out, cried. We were literally crying with each other. And I looked him in the eye. I said, you're not trying to hurt yourself, are you? He goes, Daddy, no, I would never do that. What are some of those signs that a parent should look for? Well, we'll we'll get back to that co- to COVID because I think it had yeah. a massive impact on a lot of yeah. people, um, and even some of the uh, these signs to look out for COVID exacerbated, right? Yeah. So one is ideation, expressing thoughts of suicide, writing them out, saying it even jokingly, right? One is another one is substance abuse, yeah. so drinking more, doing drugs, purposelessness, mm-hmm. you know, and I think COVID had a big play in that. It did. Taking away a lot of people's sense of purpose. Anxiety, and I think, again, COVID caused a lot of anxiety. Mm. Um, another one is feeling trapped, like as there's no way out of a current situation. Yeah. Again, yeah. COVID. Hopelessness feeling hopeless about oneself or, or another person or your future withdrawal. Oh, so isolating. Yeah. And that is the huge one. That's yeah. COVID written all over it. I mean, I can't tell, I can't even tell you how many of my friends, you know, especially the extroverted friends, right. were calling me after the end of the two weeks, after the two week lockdown got expanded, mm-hmm. calling me bawling, just crying and crying all the time for months. I can't do this. I don't know how I can handle mm-hmm. this. Like it's you, you take somebody out of 
their routine right. and you and you trap them. That's just a recipe for disaster. Right. Exacerbating all of these signs, right? Another one is anger, just uncontrollable outbursts of anger. Uh recklessness. So, you know, drinking and driving or, or driving a hundred miles per hour. Yeah. Just being reckless with, with your with your life, right? Yeah. And uh mood changes. Mm-hmm. So just mood swings, unstable moods, happy, sad, crying, ice you know, all of yeah. it combined. Those are some signs that you can look out for and and um someone who is suicidal or will commit suicide doesn't have to display all of these signs. Right. It could just be a couple of them, but those are some of the big ones to look out for. Because looking back, I saw a lot of what you just listed off. Looking back now, but you know, sometimes as as parents, uh life is happening, life is lifing to you now. Yeah. And, and and you're busy and you think everything that you got your hands to is, is more important to what's happening in the home. And sometimes you miss those things. Well, and people don't communicate those things effectively yeah. always either. Yeah. And I would add to that the abandonment of hobbies. Yes. Um, I've mm-hmm. had, a, unfortunately, a couple of friends who have taken their own lives. And the one thing that was pretty much consistent was they seemed, at least, to lose interest in things which we know they loved. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, whether that was a step of, like, I don't want to pollute this with my co- my thoughts, this is a happy thing or whatever, but... um yeah, that's something to watch yeah. out for. Yeah, that's the withdrawal aspect. It's it's isolating from friends, family, and their usual activities and society as a whole. Um, and yeah, you're right. What when you're when you're face to face with it, it's easy to overlook. Yeah. It's hard to see. And he's right. He said, you know, it's not typically communicated effectively either. Right. Um, you know, and the knowledge of it. You right. know, even just as I was listing these off, you know, you you recognize some of them. Mm-hmm. But if you had no idea, you didn't have the knowledge prior as it was happening, how could you recognize it if you weren't aware? Yeah. Do you guys do like a parent educational awareness type things? Yeah. So actually, like, uh, definitely. You can come in as a parent and, and get your child assessed. And then we come up with an action plan, um, depending on how they score on the assessment. Yeah. Um, and we go from there and we talk to the parents, make sure that they're educated and things that they can do things that they can look out for yeah um actually i believe this uh february 3rd to sunday it's going to be an open house at the hope house okay. people can come you don't have to be a barrington resident no no okay. any anyone if, if you're you're a student you're an adult you're a veteran you're a first responder whoever if you're struggling please come by yeah wow i'll, no, I'll, I'll go to break uh ray i want to i want to take this call from ray uh because i think this is a a, a very good call uh, when we, uh, you want me to take it now or go to break? Yeah, just take it now. Okay, Ray, um, welcome to Black and Right. I love your show. There's so much we can talk about, but I just did want to share one thing. Yeah. You mentioned how suicide impacts others. There's a, there's a quote from the Hebrew text, the Talmud, which says, whoever saves one life <clears throat> saves the world entire. Amen. And you think about all those people who are gone and those generations who did not follow them. Doctors, lawyers, justices, just good parents. Yeah. So if we can get in there and save one, you're saving generations beyond that we don't know. Chase is doing a great job explaining what we do. Um, there are other. Oh, this is Ray. Are- this is your Ray. That's Mr. Patch. Oh, wait a minute. I just called that. <laughs> Ray, I really appreciate you calling. Um, thank you. Um, thank you for the work you do. Um, you're right. If we can save one life. Um, it matters because, you know, and I'll be there for you. Yeah. 
What'd you say, Ray? I didn't hear that. I say, if you ever need a guest specifically talking about my um, philosophy on the seven or eight components of suicide, which are overlooked, you know, the uh, concussions, chronic CTE with football players are passing away from, <clears throat> psychological post-traumatic stress, prescription medications, which we can't talk about, but I do. Yeah. Just watch the 10 o'clock news and look at the side effects yep. from them biochemicals, genetic, there's still cultural aspects in the Asian and Native community. And this, um, there's a lot of research done on this bariatric surgery, this weight loss surgery where suicide is a very common discussion at the group activities. Right. How much time so, I got? There's a lot, I don't want to take any more. No, 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 Ray, I want you to hold on because I want to finish the show with you if that's okay. I want you to stay on the line. I don't want to take away from, take away okay. from that. Okay, but let's not forget COVID psychosis as well. The COVID, I think uh, uh, that played a lot of part. And my son had COVID when he died. Uh, Ray, thanks so much for calling. And I really appreciate the call. Um, the call, And uh, continue to do God's work. We'll be right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Cash. Thank you for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. I know you hung up on us, but that's okay. You don't love us anymore, Cash. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you, man. Um, but um, Chase, what's your closing message to to people who are listening? Who they, you know, everybody knows somebody that has these thoughts of suicide. Um, what's your closing message? Um, first of all, how did COVID affect the people, especially the young kids? And what's your closing message of of hope to people who may be listening? So, you know, COVID affected a lot. Um, You know, the social support aspect of it, you know, no school, Mm -hmm. no friends, no socialization. You ripped that away from them. Um, Not only that, the amount of small businesses that shut down, you know, people who worked their whole lives to create this business and, and generate an income and to support their family just gets ripped away from them. Uh, that was tough. I mean, j- just all aspects of COVID were were really tough. Um, what was the second part? I forget. Uh, what's a What's a closing message for people who are listening? How can they uh, contact um, uh, Hope House? Sure. So right now is a specifically a really important time. That's kind of why I wanted to come in right now. I mean, my family right now even is is. Friends of ours, my one of my father's friends on Christmas just committed suicide. Oh, this Jesus. is a tough time of the year. It is. Uh, within the same week, another woman who is, you know, a family friend of ours, 50 years old, took her life. Oh. This is around the holidays, the cold, there's no sun. It's a hard time of the year. And, uh, you know, I want people to know that there are resources out there. If you If you can't, you know, hug your friends and family, tell them that you love them, be there for them. If you want, if you need something more, please reach out to the Hope House. Where can they find you? We got forty seconds left. You can go to the website. It's LiveLoveHope.org and get information there. LiveLoveHope.org. LiveLoveHope.org, and you can call Mr. Ray Pagentini yourself. He gave us his phone number. It's seven seven three 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 two five eight two two, and the address of the Hope House is. 231 West Main Street in Barrington. Yeah. No matter where you're from, please, if you need the resource, come. It's open. Doors Chase, are open. Thanks so much for joining us. John, I want to thank you. all my guests. Hoff uh, Daddy, Troublemaker, uh, Cash, thanks so much for joining us. Guys, I'll see you next week. Belly of the Beast coming up next. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.